Well, good morning, New Hope. Glad that you're here this morning, physically and online. It is great to be together. Matter of fact, that is what our series is all about. It's being together. It's about community. And if you look at the word community, the first two letters in the word is C-O, community. And the definition of C-O is basically being having this joint, this mutual, or this, this common bond, being together, right? And so over the last few weeks, we've been just talking about why we need community as individuals. And Pastor John started, and he talked about the importance of community as Christ followers to grow our faith and to have faith as Jesus has faith and to mature in our relationship with him. Last week, I talked about the importance of continuing in community. You know, we are good starters. We're not always good continuers. I use the example of a diet or exercise or finishing a degree, a degree a home project, right? We start something, we don't always finish something. Matter of fact, statistically, uh it says that 8% of people that decide to go it alone with reaching a goal, they will reach their goal. 92% won't. Only 8% will if they go it alone. But the number goes up if you have someone hold you accountable. And so if you tell somebody your goal and you say, hey, hold me accountable to the goal, it jumps to 65% of people reaching their goal. But it jumps even more. It jumps to 95% when you tell someone, hey, hold me accountable to this goal, and you meet every week at the same time, and you talk about it. 95% success rate. So how critical it is for us to continue in community with one another as Christ followers as we desire to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. But today, I really want to focus on the whole idea of it's not just enough to be part of a community and to just show up. It's critical that you be contributing to that community when you're part of it. You know, it's football season right now, and a football team is like a community. And over the last five years, the top NFL teams have had one thing in common. What they've had in common is that their wide receivers, those who catch the football, not only catch the football, but when they're not being thrown to, they are blocking. Now, in the history of wide receivers, many of them would run their routes but if it was a running play, they wouldn't block. But today, wide receivers are not only contributing by catching the ball, but when it's a running play, they are now blocking aggressively downfield. And because of that, there are longer runs today in the NFL than ever before. You know, it's an understandable contribution for the running back to make sure that they take care of the blitzing linebacker so that 
the quarterback has more time and the wide receiver has more time to get open so that they can throw the ball. But it hasn't always been common practice for the wide receiver to block for the running back when it's a running play. But because they're contributing in that way now, the top NFL teams are seen as those who have excellent wide receivers who now are blockers. And not to mention that, wide receivers are realizing that, hey, as I contribute to the run game, it actually is opening up the passing game. Because if you're successful in the run, the defense has to play the run. And thus, it allows more wide receivers to be open and to be successful. So they help one another out. So like in football or the work setting or in your home or in your neighborhood, when it comes to community, the best community is a contributing community. We see a picture of this in the description in the early church. In Acts 2.44, it says this, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They were together, and then it adds this phrase, they had everything in common. So we understand what we're together equals, right? It means community. But then it says they had everything in common, which equals each contributed. The word common means they shared with one another. So what did they have in common? We see a description of this in the Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4, that they had six actions in common. The first action is they had the same priority. What was their priority? It says in Acts chapter 2, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They all devoted themselves to God's word. And I love what God's word says when we devote ourselves to it. In Isaiah 55, it says that God's word will not come back to him void, but it will go out and it will accomplish what he has desired it to accomplish. So that whenever you read God's word, whether it's like pertinent to your day or not, because sometimes we read it and we're like, I don't really get it, I'm not sure. Other times we read it and we're like, oh man, this is exactly what I needed. But when we read it, God promises us that it will not come back to him void. It will work in your life. He will use it. How will he use it? We get a picture of this in 2 Timothy 3.17. He said he will use it to teach you. He will use it to correct you. He will use it to reproof your life. And he will use it to train you in righteousness so that you are equipped for every good deed. Man, he equips you by his word. And so a priority to the early church, to the community that gathered together, was to be in God's word. The second practice is that they were practicing fellowship. What did they have in common? They practiced fellowship. Fellowship is more than just getting together and talking about day-to-day stuff. It's getting together specifically to be in God's word, to encourage one another, to sharpen one another, to be real with one another. 
I love a group of guys I have up in Bram. Uh, two weeks ago, one of the guys said in the morning, he says, you know what? This is my best and fastest hour of the week. <laughs> my best and fastest hour of the week. Why? Because he loves the realness of the group. New Hope used to have this phrase when it started. It, it said, you know, real people, real God, real life. I mean, let's get together. Let's be real with one another and talk about what matters in life, in our faith, in our home, in our work, in our recreation, whatever it might be, in our challenges, let's be real with one another. It's important. It's critical. I read an article about the University of Minnesota who did a study with students from the University of River Falls, just across, just south of Hudson. And they took a group of 85 students and they had them meet in a small group throughout the semester for learning. And then they compared them to those individuals who just studied on their own within the classroom. And it's obvious, right? They recognized that those who got together in the small group were more successful in the class than those that went on and did it alone by themselves. And I loved a couple comments the students made who got together in this small group. One of them said, we work better in a group and can share our ideas and refine our ideas. One gal said, you can trade your knowledge. I love that. You can trade your knowledge and how critical that is. It reminds me of a phrase that says, fools don't learn from their mistakes. Smart people learn from their mistakes, but wise people learn from other people's mistakes, right? And it gives me this whole idea of like, man, when you do life together in community on a regular basis and you gather in that, you learn from other people. You can trade your knowledge, as this gal said, and how important and critical it is. We get a picture of this from Proverbs 27, 17, which says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We make each other better when we meet together and we have the same things in common, where we have the priority of sharing in God's word, where we have the priority of being real with life stuff going on in our life, how critical it is. That's why we're pushing and, and want people to get into smaller groups. So that's why we want to have them get in a one-on-one -on -one or one-on-two mentor program through this book, Project 52. It's simple, little preparation. Basically, you read this page, and then you answer the questions on this page. That is very simple, and anybody can do it. Any two people getting together or a group can come together and do that. And so we see what did the early church have in common? Priority on God's word. They were practicing fellowship. And then thirdly, they were participating in communion. They were reminding each other of the Lord's death and resurrection through communion. They were reminding themselves of what Jesus has done for them and the importance of it. And then fourthly, it said they were in prayer for one another. How critical that is. 
that they were praying for one another in that group. And as they gathered, they would share what's going on in life. They were real, and then they were praying for one another. We all recognize that there are limitations in what we can do to help another individual or even change another individual's life. But what we can do is that we can pray and we can go to the throne room of God on behalf of individuals and pray for them and pray for their situation. It's incredible. And so whenever I encourage you, I say, whenever you say, hey, I'm going to pray for you to somebody, pray for them in that instant, in that moment. When you are together and you say, hey, I'll pray about that for you, Pray for them right at that moment and bless them. So often, nobody has ever had anybody pray over them in their life, and it is such a blessing. But prayer is so powerful and so beautiful, and we can do it on behalf of one another. We go past our own limitations to the unlimited ability of God, who, as we sang earlier, can resurrect dry bones. And so we see, what did they have in common? A priority in God's word, practicing fellowship, participating in communion, praying regularly for one another. And then fifthly, sharing their possessions. It said they sold property and possessions for those in need. You know, I've been in a variety of small group settings where people have taken care of one another, literally, I mean, people have purchased cars for individuals. People have helped individuals through adoption. People have provided meals when individuals were sick, come over and cut their lawn. Shared what they have with others, recognizing that, hey, God owns it all. So if you need it, you got it. And how beautiful that is. When those five activities take place where they have all this in common from sharing God's word, sharing fellowship, being real, from participating in communion, prayer, possessions. What does it say lastly in Acts 2 and Acts 4? It says that the power of God was with them. God's grace was so powerfully at work in all of them. Did you get that last phrase? in all of them, not just in one person in the group of maybe uh, eight to 12 people that are meeting, or not just one person that's meeting for a spiritual friendship with another, but the power of God was at work in all of them. God was doing something when these activities were taking place, when they were meeting together, when they had all these things in common, God's power, his muscle, not ours. His ability was at work. And things were happening. Things were changing. Dry bones, dried up lives, dried up hopes, dried up marriages, dried up careers were coming alive. We're dancing, we're shaking, we're breathing once again. As part of community, we contribute our social gifts, our spiritual gifts, our mental gifts, and our physical gifts for the use of building up others. 
of building up others. And I love what it says in Proverbs 11.25, when we build up others. It says, they who refresh others, will they themselves be refreshed? How awesome is that? When we give of ourselves, God says we will receive. When we refresh others and release to others, we will receive. You know, it's that picture, right? Hey, when we hold our stuff, regardless of whether it's our possessions or our time, our prayers, our knowledge, whatever it is, and we hold it like this where, where we can release it, then God can add to it. But if we hold it like this, nothing's gone, but nothing can come in. Man, those who refresh others, will they themselves be refreshed? And so God has designed community for us so that we can be contributors to it and in so doing, receive back. And what does it say? His power is going to be at work in all of us when that takes place. I love this picture of what we get when we all participate in community and utilize what we have. And it's a picture in the Old Testament of a victory in a battle in Exodus 17. There's this Old Testament story that talks about the battle between Joshua and Amalek. The Amalekites had come against the Israelites at Rephidim, which is translated to be a resting place. So the Israelites are in Rephidim, which is this resting place, but there's not much rest because the Amalekites are coming against them in war. And so in Exodus 17, it tells us that Moses told Joshua to get some of the Israelite men and to go out against the Amalekites in war. But as Joshua goes out and fights against them, Moses, Aaron, and Hur would be up on top of the hill and Moses would be raising his hands towards heaven in prayer on behalf of the Israelite army. And it states that as Moses continued his hands raised, that the Israelite army would win and was winning. But when he got tired and lowered his arms, the Amalekites started to win. So then it said that Aaron and Hur got rocks and stones and put them together and had Moses sit down to rest. And then each one of them stood on each side and raised his hands up so that the Israelite army could win. And we get this incredible picture of community. And I want to read this brief story to you from Exodus chapter 17. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I'll stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. 
As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and the other on the other side. And they held them up until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on the scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it. Because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. He says, remember this. Remember this picture that everybody contributed to this Israelite community. Joshua went out in battle with the other warriors. Moses as leader was on top of the hill with two others who upheld each one of his arms because he got tired. And as a community, they overcame and had victory. And it is such a picture of what we are called to as Christ followers and what God has provided us when it comes to community. When it comes to Acts 2.44, they were together and then they had everything in common. They shared. And man, God's power was at work in their lives. And so my question to you this morning is this. Do you have anybody to go out to battle for you? Do you have those around you who when your arms are tired, they will stand on one side and the other and lift them up? Are you in community or are you going it alone? God has called us to community. He gives us this picture in an obvious way in his word. So when it comes to community, everyone needs to be a contributor. And as we start our small groups and our hope groups, our spiritual friendships, it's critical we understand that as we are part of a community, we need to be contributing to that community. Let's just be real with one another. True, true community happens when all contribute to each other. When this occurs, we experience the power of God among us, in us, and through us on the behalf of others around us. So I implore you, I challenge you as your spiritual leader, as your pastor, to get in community with others, whether it's socially distanced physically, whether it's through Zoom, but get there. Don't walk out of here and be like, oh yeah, I got this. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to say. He's just like, oh, that's awesome. I'll get them alone. I'll isolate them and I'll take them out. I implore you, get with others that is God's design and plan for us. Let's be together and have everything in common. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. It's clear. You've given us 
clear direction on how we are to live as Christ followers, on how we are to succeed in our walk with you and our faith journey, how we are to enjoy life more, be cared for, and contribute towards others, how we are to refresh others, but be refreshed ourselves. And so I pray that we'd be wise people and make this step and this move and that we would thrive. And so I pray this favor over each one here in your holy name. Amen.